My mother believed and my father believed that if I wanted to be president of the United States, I could be, I could be vice president. This is America. Former Vice President Joe Biden has been elected president of the United States. It is my greatest honor and privilege to have been your president. We will be back in some form. We are still deeply divided. Public health experts warned this was coming unless more was done. And here we are now. Are you proud of what happened here today? Absolutely. Never before in American history has there been an uprising like this. Of the 75 million Americans who voted for Donald Trump, I don't know how many today are feeling, dear God, what was I thinking? But I would wager a lot more are thinking, let's carry on this fight. Character matters. It matters. Tell them the truth matters. The 21st century is going to be the American century. Because we lead not only by the example of our power, but by the power of our example. That is the history of the journey of America. In a televised speech at 5.55 Moscow time, Mr. Putin announced a military operation, inverted commas, in Ukraine's eastern Donbass region. In case you missed this, this is an area uh, where Russian-speaking Ukrainians live. Part of it has been occupied and run by Russian-backed rebels since 2014. But Putin said Russia was intervening as an act of self-defence. What does this mean and what can the West do about it? And moreover, what do the comments of Donald Trump that this is a genius, wonderful and very savvy move by Putin? What does that mean for a Republican Party who are finding it very, very hard to distance themselves from the man? Well, who better to tell us than our US correspondent and friend, Marion McKeown. Marion, what time of the day did you hear about the invasion? Well, it was late last night. Um, I suppose it would have been the early hours of the morning and we started getting uh, press statements, that just a, an updated schedule from the White House that, that President Biden would be speaking at 12.30pm on Thursday Eastern Time and that the sanctions, basically that they were, there was a sense of sort of the White House kind of very much accelerating the pace of this. There were talks with the, the G7 leaders earlier on Thursday morning to just really nail down a very, very tough package of sanctions. And, you know, you could almost sense the scramble in, in, in the missives that we were receiving uh, throughout the night. So it seems, as I say, that that for now, the, the Western alliances, NATO, the EU, the you know, Britain, America, are all very much on the same page. And of course, I, I'm sure that somewhere in, in the Putin's strategy is is a way to try and, you know, rupture that in some way or, or, or to, you know, to really test it to its very limits. But I suppose at this stage, it, it's so shocking. And, and already we know that 16 different cities have been attacked and shelled and there are troops just rolling in. I think even though, you know, it's an interesting thing, isn't it, that even though Biden in, in that, that strategy of declassifying intelligence in real time and calling out things as they were learning it, they did predict this with 100% accuracy, but there, there's no victory in that and there's no joy in that. And and indeed, there are people saying, well, since you could predict it, you know, what, like what actual use is that? You just told everybody what's now happening, but nothing has happened hmm. to mitigate it or to prevent it. And, and you know, it, it is a curious situation for, for America and for the West to be in, that it looks as though even though they knew everything that was going to happen, they were effectively powerless to stop it. And you can imagine how the people in Ukraine are feeling as well as, 
you know, we've we've all seen the footage of the, the, the huge lines outside the banks, the petrol stations, the people in subways, you know, with their children, children being sent to school with their blood types pinned on their chests. You know, I mean, it's 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 just appalling that that it sort of seems almost antiquated that this could happen in 2022, something as as, you know, primitive in so many ways, notwithstanding the, the, the advanced technology that, that Putin is using and the advanced, you know, military um, weaponry, etc., that, that this is still about, you know, crushing and destroying ordinary human lives and, and you know, destroying buildings, taking out infrastructures. It's, it's, and as I said, at a speed that is really, I think, quite shocking, notwithstanding how the, the playbook was was laid out for us in the past few weeks. You know, I often come to you and ask, how are we meant to feel about things? Certain things happen and sometimes it is hard to figure out with all of the froth, what actually does it mean and what is it right to feel? Because there's obviously a certain amount of clickbait and uh, I guess they're trying to desperately avoid sensationalism. But then there are people standing at lecterns saying this is the darkest hour of Europe in 70 years. Where do you stand on this and what do you think a a person such as myself living in Ireland or the UK should think about the significance of this and what happens from here? Well, I think it's hugely significant. And I, and I, th- I think just as a matter of fact, this is the biggest land incursion in Europe since World War Two. I mean, that that is a fact that like Russia is the biggest country in Europe. Ukraine is the second biggest. Um, it has 43, 44 million people. And Russia has gone in and invaded Ukraine without its invitation, much less its permission or any kind of acquiescence. And you have this country which is far inferior to Russia militarily. And I think that there is probably a belief that what will, I think this will become very difficult and very harrowing because there's no doubt that Russia will will crush the Ukrainian military very, very quickly. It's, it's already taken out its, its air, such as it was, its air capability. The port is pretty well blocked. And, and as I say, I think the total standing army within the Ukraine is 215,000 people. So there will be, I suppose, an insurgency that it will be largely the Ukrainian people who decide to. to and we've seen that where there, you know, we've I've certainly seen interviews and with um, elderly people who are saying they've got guns, that they will fight this. And, uh, you know, given the brutality, if you look at the brutality with which Russia has operated in, in Chechnya, for example, the, the savagery of, of the, the Russian forces there. I think that we can, we're we not going to expect any mercy from Russia. But I think in terms of how we should feel, I, th- I think it's, it's right for everyone to feel absolutely outraged. It's right for people to want to support the Ukraine and the Ukraine's bid for independence and democracy, which it has, has struggled for um, and, and, and fought for already. And I, I just think that this this sort of, notwithstanding the warnings that, that we've seen this coming, it still feels uh, like it's come out of left field in some way. I think we're all still a bit stunned. But um, I, I I fear that this is going to be a very bloody, very brutal war and, and that, that we're, we're going to see some awful things. And of course, there will be knock-on effects. I think, you know, 
And the problem is, for the West, you see the impotence of of agencies like the UN because you have, you know, the the Security Council, the the permanent members, the P5, Russia and China are two of the five. And then you've got the US, the UK and and France. And of course, no resolutions can be passed. Nothing can be done at that level, at the Security Council level, because Russia has power of veto, as does China. So I think you see, even though you have these international institutions and they're what they're all we've got the un and and the likes which will hope with you know hold up international law and say yes you have violated you're guilty but but then what you know as i say the un is is really powerless because of russia having the power of veto uh, to, to really do anything except sort of pound a few tables and convene meetings i think the only meaningful thing the west can do is is the sanctions and obviously providing military aid to the Ukraine in terms of, you know, artillery, military hardware, intelligence, that kind of thing. Um, but but it's, it's very, very little in real time. I, you know, Putin seems to think that that they can, Russia can withstand sanctions. Now, I think the sort of sanctions that will probably bite or will impact Putin a lot more because he clearly doesn't care about the, the comfort or of his own people, um, and there are 140 million Russians and, and are, are more than that, would be that the, the sanctions need to target the oligarchs. They need to target Putin and the people around him and, and, and the billionaires who have money in, you know, in London and mm. all over the world, and they really need to make them pay because I think Think that that's the only way that Putin may be influenced is if the people who surround him, his inner circle, the people who he has made multi-billionaires basically by the, the graft and corruption that goes on, if they start leaning on him. But I, you know, there seems to be from what we can tell, and again, we have to realize there is a fog of war and we're already in it. It seems that a lot of the Russian people are ambivalent about this, certainly people who are, who are able to speak about it, that they... You know, Ukraine is a neighbor. It's a it's it's a neighbor. They have there there's so much, as I said before, it's a bit like Lebanon and Syria. There the, you know, there there were almost open borders. There's intermarriage, there are families living on both sides, you know, some in Russia, some in Ukraine. So this must be pretty awful for for uh, the Russian people, certainly people who whose families are living in the Ukraine and who consider themselves, you know, to be part Ukrainian or consider their families to be melded. So I just think that it's it's a it's a very difficult war to 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 get our heads around but i think that there 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 is a sense that that honestly there's very little that the west can do because it is clear and putin knows this that america will not now of course things change and the thing that 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 sort of makes wars escalate and go to places that nobody dreamed of because of course the old saying that you know basically the the, the plans are all very well until the first bullet is fired and um, what happens if russia attacks lithuania for example or not even attacks or you know but accidentally you know something happens where a nato country bears the brunt in some way of, of Russian aggression, whether it's it's accidental or deliberate, then NATO's involved. And then, you know, things can escalate very, very quickly. And there's no with and, you know, I'm not fear mongering, but there's no telling where this will end up. Wars are never over quickly. You, you remember the US um, going into Iraq when Dick Cheney and Don Rumsfeld and all those clowns were saying it will be over in a couple of weeks. It'll be a month and we'll be greeted with, you know, in the streets as heroes and people will be coming up handing us roses, basically. It never plays out like that. It's always dirtier, more 
bloodier, messier, more, you know, atrocities, more devastation than, than any military plan would ever anticipate initially. So there you have it. That's your taste of the Irishman in America for this week with Marion McKeown. Come on over and hear the rest of the conversation by becoming a member at patreon.com forward slash Irishman abroad and enjoy all these conversations in full, including our feature interview every Sunday and our back catalogue of nearly eight years of interviews at patreon.com forward slash Irishman abroad. Ready? You have the cameras rolling? This is America. A lot of people who would probably consider themselves liberal have done very well financially under the Donald Trump four years. You encouraged espionage against our people. You condemn any interference by Russia in the American election. By Russia or anybody else. Russia, please, if you can, get us Hillary Clinton's emails. Please, Russia, please. To renew America, we must revitalize our democracy.